I sure do. Who the hell would give these three goons their own show? Welcome to Puck Puck Pass, a belly up sports podcast committed to keeping you informed on the latest news and trends in hockey. So pick up your teeth, grab a brew, and don't be a hoser. Here are your hosts, whose names sound like something I'd call my dog, Zach Mac, Yake, and KJ. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Puck Puck Pass, a podcast about hockey brought to you by Belly Up Sports. I am KJ, joined by Zach Mack, as always. No yake this time around. Zach, how you doing? KJ, what's up, man? I got a margarita in one hand. It's getting warmer out. I'm excited for this. I know. It feels so good to be back. It's so good to be spring. Playoffs are coming. We're back in action, um, and it feels really good. We're sorry about the long absence. Um Christmas and everything just got in the way of doing fun stuff uh, when you have to pay bills and do real life stuff. Uh, but we're back. We're going to be here for the playoffs. We're going to do a lot of stuff uh, as far as offseason work, but we'll get into that later. Right now, the most important thing right now is the playoff push. And there's a lot of storylines going on uh, with the playoffs, and we have a ton to talk about. Let's just jump right into it. Tampa. Tampa, one seed by a mile. What? Do, where are you looking as far as any hiccups for them, or are they just going to run through the entire league? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Tampa seems to be putting together one of the best seasons we've ever seen, um, almost in the entirety of the NHL. I can honestly say it's it's top it's it's top three seasons I've witnessed. Um, I mean, they score just under four goals a game, which is first in the league. Um, and they're, that's while being middle of the road in shots per game. So, I mean, obviously they got the best shooting percentage. Um, I don't know. I know you're not like a, a huge <laughs> Cooper guy, um, <laughs> but I don't know if you can pin it to game plan or schemes or, or what it is, but I mean, it's impressive either way you slice it. I mean, they're, they're literally making other teams look like high school teams at times. Yeah. I mean, they've scored five goals or more in over half their games this season. That's insane. I mean, in the, in a league where scoring was down last season, there's been basically since like the mid to late eighties to mid nineties scoring's down like one or mid to late seventies to early nineties. There was like a 1.9 goal per game differential. And we basically erased that this season, mostly in part to the Tampa Bay lightning. And you're completely right. I don't chalk it up to scheme or game plan or anything. These are some unreal players unbelievable talent and it starts and ends with Nikita Kucherov who we'll talk about later um but they they've got so much going on and yet I still look at this team and I get that they played way too well for way too long that I don't see a cup in their future yeah I see one of the things the biggest things to me when you look going to the playoffs is um special teams they've got the number one power play and the number two penalty kill so to me, that's that's huge. That that can make a break a series or two. Um, but you're right. I they've had so much success. There was there was one point in the season where I I looked it up and there was no ten game stretch, regardless of what game you started on, where they were they had a losing record. So I, I don't know if that's still true. I don't but, think they've lost three games in a row just a, at all this season. Yeah, it's just, that's just like. I mean, and you take that logic, and you're like, "Well, they they can't lose a playoff series." Then, what? Like, exactly. But I think you might be right. I think they they might have they might have just run into too much regular season success. I don't I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, the team that they're being compared to the most right now is the '95 '96 Red Wings, 
um obviously i was you know yeah i've heard that uh, you know i was a glimmer in my dad's eye at that time but oh no i was one i was one but still (laughs) um i don't remember that team but i do know you know they didn't win stanley cup believe it was colorado who knocked them out in the playoffs and i can see that a lot with this team because more recently i'd say the capitals uh were a team that way up there in points not you know, on pace for 130 points in a regular season, but they played so well and all the expectations were for them to win a cup. And we know up until last year, they never even got past the second round. So I think the pressure is building. And I think when you have a guy and I won't harp on this too much, but when you have a guy like John Cooper, who tends to be stubborn in his decision-making, that doesn't bode well for a team that hasn't really dealt with much adversity throughout the season. Uh, And I think Boston in the second round, if it's Boston, gives them a ton of trouble. I'd be very shocked to see um, if that game goes seven, I think Boston comes, or if that series goes seven, uh, I think Boston walks away with it. But it's not just Tampa. I mean, to a lot of people, it is just Tampa. But beyond that, I mean, Washington is leading the Metro. Calgary and San Jose are battling over the Pacific. And Winnipeg and Nashville are fighting for the Central. There's a lot of really good uh, high seeds going through the playoffs. Even if it's not until the Stanley Cup Finals, who in the playoff picture today makes you think they have the best shot against Tampa? Uh, I'm gonna go with the West. I'm gonna go with Calgary. I'm gonna go with the team in the West. Um, so a rematch of the 04 Stanley Cup. Honestly, if yeah, if 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 I was a betting man, which I'm not, kids out there, uh, the I would have the Lightning in the Stanley Cup final. As much as I think that they may, I'm I do tend to agree with you that they had a lot of regular season success. Um, my money's going to be on Tampa in the finals. And if it was up to me, it would be Tampa and Calgary because I, for, I, I just I love Calgary. I, the way they've they've literally rebuilt my love for Canadian teams. Um, I mean, I was I was kind of always had the the attitude of like middle finger to the Canadian teams because you know they're so much better at this sport. Yeah. Than we are. Well, the Canadian um, players are the Canadian but, teams, but have just the way they over the last couple of decades. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right. Which is if I can stick exactly. it to them, I'm gonna stick it to their teams. Uh, but <laughs> just the way that they've built around Johnny Hockey to me, it's just so impressive to me. I mean, they have they have five guys above seventy points. The, I mean, Toronto and Pittsburgh have four, and then the next best team in the West is Chicago with three. Can you say that again? No, I'm just kidding. This is crazy. Um, uh, I'll keep Chicago's out of this <laughs> as much as possible because we are talking playoffs as much as it breaks my heart. Um, I'm I'm 100% with you as far as loving this Calgary team. From point A to point B, from game one to 82 once we get there, they're the closest to Tampa as far as consistently being at the top. Um, and a lot of that has to do with being built around Johnny Hockey. But – I think the trade with Carolina has done so much for them as far as, you know, Elias Lindholm has been insane on that top line. I mean, he was one of the best fantasy hockey players. Uh, he was one of the best fantasy hockey players line. this entire season. Um, and I know that doesn't always mean, you know, on ice success. This time it did. Uh, and he's that top line is arguably right up there with the Marchand Bergeron Pasternak line because they don't win without that top line clicking. And it's been clicking all year, much more than let's say the avalanche. And 
I think Bill Peters, that we'll talk about later, has done a great job mm-hmm. keeping that team, that team's head on straight and making up for what they lack in net because they lack a lot of poise between the pipes, especially with Mike Smith. Uh, and not many teams and coaches could make up for that the way they have and lead the Western Conference, and they've done a great job of it. But I won't put them in the finals yeah, that's, just yet. That's, I mean, that's a super good point. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's fair. That's a good point you bring up about being in net is because they – Calgary allows – they're first in the league in um, shots allowed per game, and I think if they can keep that up, that's going to go a long way in making a deep playoff run because, like you said – they don't have that poise between the pipes um, that teams typically have when they're trying to make a Stanley Cup final run. But if they can keep their goalies fresh throughout the playoffs and continue to allow the least shots per game, that, I think that's very it's a very under underappreciated um, stat as far as as and far I, as keeping. And I, you're as keeping right because fresh. the only there's really only one team in the Western Conference playoff picture that can do more with less than Winnipeg. Um, Winnipeg, we saw a lot last year's playoff series against, uh, Nashville, excuse me, against Nashville. They game one were getting dominated, especially in shots. And then all of a sudden they've scored five goals and they're coming away with a game one victory, eventually winning that series. Winnipeg is the only team that I think benefits from getting less shots on goal because when they're pounding you, their defense starts to come up, and that's when you – and Calgary can counterattack like no other. What Calgary's got to be careful of is if they can if they sit back and play their best defense against Winnipeg, the first goal that Winnipeg scores wins them the game because then then the onslaught starts. So I think a, I think a big part of it is – Right. Bill Peters, who we talked about, and we'll right. we'll talk about later on too. He has to do basically what he's been doing all year: keep, you know, keep their head on straight, keep their chin up, and just make sure that every no one I think can really beat them in a seven game series if Bill Peters doesn't beat them himself. And I think that's the only thing. And as great as he's been this year, right. that's the only thing is maybe. Especially recently, guys had no playoff experience. This will really be a huge test for him, even in round one, uh, no matter who ends up in that wild card spot. So, I mean, Dallas will push Calgary. All these teams that are in that wild card spot can push Calgary uh, probably just as much as the top seeds in that in that conference. Um, yeah, as much as much shit as I give if the West as far as being not so much of a powerhouse as the East, but I got, I mean, the West is the first round in the West is going to be far more exciting in my opinion. Yeah. Especially with the way things are looking into uh, Toronto, it really looks like the West might be two sweeps, two six or the East might be two sweeps and two six game series. There's, there's just nothing, nothing that exciting about the East. And maybe it has a little bit to do with how good I think Tampa and Washington are. In Pittsburgh, obviously, but, you know, if Pittsburgh plays the Islanders in round one, I mean, it's the Pittsburgh freaking Penguins. They're built for the playoffs, and now there are a lot more teams built for the playoffs. Uh, And in the West, like you said, the excitement might come from not knowing 
how some of these teams are built as far as playoffs. I think Dallas, I mentioned them a, sec- a second ago, they're the biggest question mark. If When they're in there, what what does the Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn, Alexander Radulov, what do they bring as far as playoff intensity? Because we haven't seen it in like three years. And not, I don't think we've ever seen those three together. Ben Bishop behind them, you know, arguably one of the hottest goalies in, in hockey right now. Whoever their first round matchup is against, they need to be just as worried as this, the next wild card or the, the next low seed in the division. There, there's really dangerous teams in the West compared to the bottom of the East. But we, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to figure out. Yeah. In that sense, though, and I even have in my notes the entire bottom half of the West as far as bubble teams, because I mean, Edmonton just got eliminated. <laughs> I think Chicago's still not even mathematically eliminated. Vancouver's right around. Like there are teams that obviously aren't going to make it, but aren't eliminated because of the way that wild card's gone. Uh, two teams, though, the most interesting bubble teams to me come out of the East, and it's Montreal and Columbus. Uh, Columbus, we know, made those huge deadline moves to bring in more talent, arguably have been playing worse since then. Uh, where do those two teams fall in your in your spectrum of could make some noise, they just have to get in? Do either of them pose any sort of threat to Tampa or Washington? Yeah, I see. That's the thing is, uh, I mean, I don't think either of them could win more than a game against Tampa. Um, obviously, with the way Washington's defense has been this year, I that could you you don't really know. I mean, we'll get into that. I mean, I don't know if we'll get into that, but um, uh, I know Washington's, uh, and I think you even talked about that a little bit earlier this year. How it's kind of just ridiculous how um, quickly sometimes teams can get behind Washington, but. Um, if, if you're playing Tampa, I mean, if you're fighting for that eight spot, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't really think it matters um, when it comes to those two teams. I would like to see Columbus in the playoffs more than uh, Montreal, just because I think that they've got a better team. I think that um, Montreal hasn't been, A, they haven't been very exciting to watch this year, and B, they've been far too inconsistent for me to really get a grasp on whether they could make a an impact in the playoffs, so... I mean, to answer your question, no, I really don't think that it matters between the two. Um, where do they fall in my spectrum? And, I would yeah, I 100% Columbus. agree with I that because I think this year, the way Columbus has built themselves, you'll, you're really about to see if Bobrovsky can even put up a fight in the playoffs because we know in the past he hasn't. And Tortorella is actually a right. pretty yeah. good, serviceable postseason coach. You know, I take him over plenty of the current – uh, coaches in the league today. So as far as winning me a seven game series. So I think there's a lot to be said for what Columbus will bring to the, the postseason. I, everyone always talks about the, the player surveys in the NHL and it always comes down to, you know, who do you want in game seven? And everyone goes with Carey Price and it makes no sense to me because I'm thinking about Montreal in the playoffs and I know it hasn't been, you know, eight years since they've been to the playoffs, but I've never really considered Carey Price a playoff goaltender because I've never really seen them do much. And I don't think this year is any different. I I don't think Max Domi, as good as he's been this year, is gonna is gonna lead a push to beat 
the Tampa Bay Lightning in seven games, let alone, you know, four, five, six. They're, they have no shot. Columbus, at least, if Vavrovsky's hot, could could push it to six. But neither of those teams really moved the needle for me. But like you said, if I had to flip a coin, I hope it It's funny you say that about uh, Carey Price because I was, um, when you mentioned that we were going to talk about some of the awards uh, later on in this episode, I was doing some research on the Vesna, and uh, I wanted to do some raw research, and then I was going to look up some lists that other people had going. And when I compiled my list, I did not have Carey Price on it. But when I was looking at a lot of other lists, people had Carey Price on it, and I just don't know. I'm really I'm with you on that. I don't understand. Like I know you just said you don't really see him as a playoff goalie, but I don't. I think there's a lot of like for I'm whatever so reason. So glad you're saying this right now, Carey Price. And I and I do, I, I don't I really know why. This island by myself for for years, really. And uh, you know Quinn. You know, at Quinn Cantu on Twitter, if you want to follow him, he doesn't really say a lot, a lot, but he he's always backed me up on this in the sense that <laughs> we always do this best goalie in the world, Carey Price, and then the field. Somebody, please, if it's in my mentions and my DMs, comment on this podcast. Yeah. Tell me what is the big deal about Carey Price today. Don't tell me about the Olympics. Don't tell me about the Hart Trophy season because, goddamn, was he awesome. But in the past three years, he was hurt. Oh, he's not hurt this year, not as far as I know, and he's just above average in a really high scoring year. I've never I'm so glad you brought that up because I've never understood. Basically, since that since he had that amazing like 18-month stretch, that's all people have put on his name. So he doesn't have to do anything in the regular season because they're gonna bring up that 18-month stretch where he won the gold, he was incredible in the Olympics. Meanwhile, playing behind the other 21 best Canadians in the world. Separate point, but that's still the case. And I, I you're right, I don't get it. And I don't think Montreal is any yeah. better. I don't think Montreal is better than any playoff team because of Carey Price. Granted, they're worse without him, but you could put a handful of guys yeah. on that Montreal team and they're in the same realm of bubble. Yep. I, I would agree. I don't, I, like you said, I don't know if there's a sabermetric stat or something that I'm missing, but like you said, if, if it's out there, please mention comment, put it in there. I would like to be enlightened. On, well, his, you know, his biggest, his most important stat is, is league, as of right now, I'm and, just not convinced. Beyond that, you know, beyond being Canadian, nothing else matters. Uh, as we've said before, I won't bury Canada <laughs> today. I'm not in the mood. Um, is there anyone else in the? Yeah, exactly. Is there anyone in the East? As far as you know, we those two I think are the most important. Anybody else in the East kind of move the needle for you, or are we just looking at whatever that cluster is on the West, and we're just really hoping we get the two most exciting, maybe not even the best two teams out of that Western that Western Conference push. Uh, at the seven and eight seed, I mean, there's honestly there's two teams I want to pick your brain about two playoff teams. Um, one is there's one in each conference, and the Eastern Conference team is the Islanders. Um, I know obviously there's a ton of like drama with Tavares leaving and Trotz coming and all that, but I want to know like where did the Islanders fall in your Eastern? Con- like, do you have them? Are they pretenders, contenders? Like, what do you got? Absolute 
Pretenders. I mean, are you kidding me? They're the freaking New York Islanders. Matt Barzal's not leading anybody beyond the second round. If they play the Penguins, count them out in five. I've never believed in this team. Barry Trotz is the best thing that ever happened to them, and they aren't too many pieces away. But you look at this team top to bottom, they're not even in the conversation of a game six in the first round. And, and that's harsh, but I felt that way for a long time. We're, I mean, do you have a different? I mean, do you have a different no, opinion? I mean, no, no. Okay. Realistically, no. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm. I've just been an Islanders guy for <laughs> for a while, so it's nice to see them in the playoff picture. But you're right. I mean, I don't with with the powerhouses in the East. Ah, man, I, half of me is like, yeah, they can do it. They can tough through it. They got Barry Trotz. He's like, I, he's clearly the best active coach right now. I think. Um, it's but. No, you're right. I think realistically, they're not better than the Penguins. They're not better than the Bruins, the Leafs, the Lightning, the Capitals. They're not better and than any of those teams. I've been really waiting to bury uh, the Islanders since since John Tavares came back to play in front of them and everything. Like, I get it. They're hurt. They're broken. Yada yada. Uh, you know, Yake Yake had my back on Twitter for like 36 hours, where it was just like, let it go. There's nothing. Like, stop acting like the damsel in distress because some dude, some all-world hockey player didn't want to play for you anymore. You didn't build anything around him. You brought in a world-class coach after his mind was already made up. You're not the bell of the ball because you don't have John Tavares anymore. You're pathetic because you still bring it up every single time he does something, good or bad. Last night, as we record this, he lost the puck on a shootout. You would have thought the Islanders just won the cup. So it was – it's so difficult to <laughs> put into words the way I feel about Islanders and their fans. But, no, I don't think there's anything there uh, as far as playoff mentality. Okay, 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 okay. I hear you. I hear you. But uh, this – okay, so the second team I want to talk to you about was uh, in the West, San Jose. Um, right now – They've got the second best record. I know the way the playoffs are set up, they won't technically be the second seed. But they've lost six in a row. Their most recent to Detroit, which is not a good look. I mean, I loved it. But they play the Blackhawks tonight. To me, it's a super telltale sign of whether they are going to be for real in the playoffs or not. What do you think? I mean, I think we kind of, you and I are kind of in a, a rare, like, we know more about Western playoff history, even though the team we grew up watching at this point is in the East, if that makes any sense. For those that don't know, obviously, Zach and I are both uh, from Michigan. We don't live there anymore. But growing up as kids, we were always watching these Western Conference teams, especially in the playoffs, because the Red Wings game was on everywhere you went. So when I think of Sharks and I think of playoffs without Patrick Marlowe, because he was a Red Wing killer back then, I, you know, I don't see a ton that makes me think that they are poised for a Stanley Cup run. But then they they are still, you know, they've lost six in a row. They're only six points I mean, back. Are they, are they in as much trouble as it's, it looks like they're in? Okay. No, 
Well, yes, actually, because I will because sometimes I do uh, blank on the stupid playoff <laughs> format that we have. But yes, they're in huge trouble because they they're going up against the the Vegas Golden Knights. Who check out the article today? I just put it out there. Um, I'm not. I don't have the agreement in the blessing of a lot of people in this sense. But I think the Golden Knights are on on their way back to the Stanley Cup final. There's no way playing like this the Sharks compete. If they thought they got embarrassed last year, a team on a six-game losing streak with six games left in the season going up against this Golden Knights team that's ready to punish anyone, San Jose is in major trouble. Yeah, Almost more trouble playing like this than the Islanders or, or Blue Jackets would be in their perspective series. You just you can't go up against a team that has nothing to lose and has been doubted all season. Uh, when you were, you know, kinged or when you were crowned king of the West, as soon as you sign Eric Carlson, injury or not, they need to be playing better. They aren't, and I think they're gonna they're gonna falter. Uh, and that's a, I didn't realize that they were only. You said six points behind Flames, so I mean they're only three games behind the Flames. They got a game in hand. If they would have won. I mean, forget just winning all six of those games that they've lost recently. If they would have won half of them, then they've got a real shot at playing a team that's on the bubble versus a division team, you know? And that's, I mean, that's a huge, that's obviously, if if you're a Sharks fan, I don't know if they're out there or not, but if you're a Sharks fan, like, honestly, that's that's the last thing you want to see at this point in the season to me. Yeah, I mean, I think... As far as what the Sharks are looking for right now, they're they were snake bitten for most of the year because Martin Jones is probably the worst starting goaltender in the league, the the worst sole starter. I don't mean like a platoon guys like like the Flames have, where you know Riddick probably starts more games than the average backup. Um, it's actually probably pretty close to even. I haven't looked at those numbers in a while. But they're pretty close to even. If anyone heard that, my cat just tried to knock down the bedroom door. Um, But Martin Jones is struggling mightily. He has been all year. You know, they have 240 goals against. That's the most by any Western Conference playoff team. And it's the fourth or fifth most in the Western Conference. Martin Jones, the guy a lot of people put in the Besna conversation. Is, is probably what brings the Sharks down as a whole. I just don't think there's enough there to uh, to really push them beyond. Yes, even I'm so, so very glad you said that because uh, did you hear the other day? I'm not, I don't know if it was, I think it was our coach that called out the goalies. Um, it was, I, 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 it was either the coach or the owner, but I think it was the coach, but it was um, like they, there just seems to be a lot of lack of confidence in, the Sharks organization. The goalies got called out. I mean, we're almost near the end of the season. They struggle on defense. They've got like the 19th ranked penalty kill and they're 21st in goals allowed per game. And that's like 21st in goals allowed per game while being the second best team in shots allowed. Like, I understand them for calling out their goalies because, I mean, that sounds like a real problem, but I just... uh, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to make this a Sharks podcast. No, but and just, it, there seems to be a lot of confidence lost no, in the organization. But, 
You're right, because a lot of times when we look at goalie issues, though, we always say, well, what's the defense doing? Uh, Their right, goddamn yeah. job. So Martin Jones needs to do the same thing. No, you're 100% right. And if I'm a Sharks fan, I'm shocked that it took 70-some-odd yes. games for somebody in the organization to call yeah. out Martin Jones. I mean, he was on ESPN's no-drop list in fantasy hockey. He obviously had some potential. I couldn't drop him until the postseason started, which was killing me. But, uh, no, you're right. I mean, there's there's plenty of blame to go along, around for a six-game losing streak. But the focus of the blame can be found between the pipes, like other teams we talked about. But this goes to, to Bill Peters' credit. Again, he's found a way to balance emotion – as far as frustration and sometimes lackadaisical effort, Mike Smith, especially, uh, he's found a way to balance that with a, a high flying offense and a very productive defense. And San Jose just can't make up for the faults uh, in the pipes. I think, I think we kind of covered everything in the playoffs. Last thing, I have two mm-hmm. questions real quick. Are the Canes taking the celebration to the playoffs? They say they're not going to. But oh, did they? they I see. I didn't know. I didn't know that they had made a stance on it. Apparently, Justin Williams is saying tonight, um, the twenty eighth, is going to be the last surge, win or lose. I don't believe him. I think it's too important to the the community <laughs> yeah. that is. That I mean, team. every every centimeter inch of me wants to agree with you. I hope. I mean, I, I guess I don't want to see it for every game because if if they're down three zero in a series and they win a game, I don't want to see a celebration, but. I would like to see if, if they win That's a series. Fair. Like I would like to see some sort of thing continue on. You know. Yeah, that that is a good point. Um, and last but not least, we're going to talk plenty of playoffs, plenty of times, or yeah, plenty of times. Who's taking the cup right now? See to your pants. Uh, who's your Who's your I cup think winner? I am going to go with Calgary. Calgary. Yes, I think they're uh, yeah. out of nowhere. By God, that's Bill Peters' music. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I like it. Uh, I'm gonna go with the West as well. Everyone who read the article today knows I have the Vegas Golden Knights, Vegas baby, Vegas taking down uh, the Capitals in a rematch from last year, which I'm really excited about. Uh, real quick before we get out of here, Zach. Uh, lots of individual awards to go around by the end of the season. We don't have to break them down, but I do want to yeah. go over a lot of. Um, you're such a dick. I do want to go over a lot of um, our answers as far as comparing who we have, where, and why. The heart, it's easy, but it's only easy because the Blackhawks <laughs> fell off the last two weeks. If the Bla- I'm not kidding you. If the Blackhawks slipped in by half a point into the playoffs. I know that's not possible, but if they slip in, it's Patrick Kane and it's not even close, but because there's no Blackhawks in the playoffs. And I said the same thing about McDavid last year, why he couldn't win the heart. It's Kucherov. I, yeah. I guys, I'm going Kucherov um, on your Patrick Kane sentiment. I would, I would give it to McDavid if they slipped in by a point too. If they will. Chicago. But if the Oilers slip, okay. But if they both made the playoffs, say say we live in a okay. world where both wild card teams are the Oilers and Blackhawks. Who are you giving it to? I haven't the done guy, research to tell you an answer right now. Leon Drysdale has got almost fifty yeah. goals. 
I think the I think the the argument stops there. But I get your I do see your point. Um, very much off the let's feel bad for Connor McDavid train <laughs> at this point though. Um, Art Ross, yeah. obvious that's based on points. We're going Kucherov, Vesna. You had so a really interesting note about Laner. Yeah, and I hear so because. I mean, obviously, they do the goaltender by committee. It seems to be a trend nowadays. Um, I think Laner has played out of his mind this year. Um, I've turned a couple games on, and I've actually watched him play. And I don't have his stats in front of me, but, I mean, honestly, if you look him up, they're, and they're so good. And the only thing that hurts him is that he has literally split time 50-50 down the middle with... Grease or however you say it, Grice. Grice. Yeah, <laughs> that man. So they've split starts, and I mean Grice's numbers aren't even that much worse than Laner's, but Laner's got the better numbers, and they're just he just he just doesn't have. Laner has a two point one seven goals against average, a nine twenty eight save percentage. He has five shutouts and not. More than 27 wins because I am not uh, looking that deep into the league leaders. But he obviously has quite a few wins if he are, if he still has five shutouts. That's a great point. But I'm literally going one spot ahead of you in each of those categories. Ben Bishop, 2.03 okay. goals against average, 9.33 save percentage. He has about the same amount of wins as Laner, if I'm not mistaken. Again, he's not in the top 10 in wins, but he has six shutouts. So literally, like I said, one more. I was looking at these numbers, and I thought they were the month of February or month of March numbers. I had no idea, and I should have, I had no idea he was making such a push for not really the Vesna, but the playoffs. I mean, to have a better save percentage than Jordan Bennington, who's done what he's done, and he's not far behind him as far as goals against. Yeah, I'm all in on Ben Bishop for Vesna, especially if he's able to keep them uh, in the playoffs. Jordan Bennington is on the short list for the heart as well. Don't get me wrong, um, but I think we're looking at a whole season, and if Ben Bishop's injury currently isn't serious, I think it's time we take a good hard look at. Him, not for the heart, not for anything, but for the Vesna, I think he makes a really good case for it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, it, he would be my favorite story, I think, just because he was able. To I crapped all over him at the beginning of the season. That was... uh, Calder, <laughs> Bennington, really nice story. He's really only played half the season. Elias Pedersen, I think we both are on on the same page yeah. with that. Rocket Richard. OVOV, give me the ravioli. Norris, we agreed on this, and it kind of shocked me. We both have Mark Giordano. And, I mean, you've been confessing your love for the Flames for the past hour and a half, so now I get it. But a lot of times you get the, oh, he deserves it crowd for the Norris, and that's a little bit Geo this year, but I think he's done a lot to, to put this team in the position they're in. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of stuff swirling around, you know, Brent Burns and how much he does offensively, but 
I just think for all around play, if you look at the full body work for the season, I, yeah. I, it's hard. Um, Lady well, Bing, I, think. I have Barkov or Monahan. Uh, you had a lapse in judgment, forgetting that Dotsuk abandoned the Red Wings and the NHL. Um, but we do agree <laughs> on Barkov at least. Selkie, everyone hates me. I always go with yeah. Sid. He is the best two way defensive, however you want to say it. But I love yeah. the Michael Backlund pick. I'm a huge fan of you putting Backlund down for that. Dude, honestly, nobody's giving him credit for it, but the dude is like, he is, hold on, I've got I've got it right here. because He's plus 36, which is best on the Flames. You know my love for the Flames. Uh, and he's got 53 giveaways to 73 takeaways. So he's in the plus there. Um, just for reference, Johnny Goudreau has 114 giveaways and 53 takeaways. So, Backlund, I he, nobody's going to give him credit for it. Nobody's going to nominate him, I don't think. But, like, he's so... Yeah, and he really team. is because he's one of those guys that... Um, he does more for the Flames than... He's, he's one of those guys that it doesn't show up on the stat sheet, is what I'm trying to say. You know, like, and that's a big thing in basketball, obviously. But he does so much that doesn't show up uh, on the stat sheet, and he really helps that flame team win a lot of games. And uh, he could steal a game or two, really, uh, especially in the playoffs. Uh, last but not least, Jack Adams. We skipped a few, the ones that don't matter. Uh, Masterton nominees actually just got released today, uh, and I'll put something out about that this weekend. But Jack Adams, two guys that are going to be tied together forever. I have Rod Brindamore, you have Bill Peters, but you're right, it is hard to go against Trotz. But I think Brindamore and Peters, the two guys who are tied to a trade that changed the direction of two franchises right now, um, either one is a, is a good pick. Carolina, if they make the playoffs, I think Brindamore yeah, I like has him. a little less talent. Yeah, I was a huge Huge fan of that Brindamore pick that you put on there. It wasn't even on my radar. Uh, but obviously <laughs> but, uh, Bill Peters. Yeah, I liked that. If he doesn't win the Jack Adams, nobody has done more to, and I said it before, nobody has done more to keep a team on the right track when everything, things could have fallen apart quite a few times for the Flames this year, especially when you're giving up goals like they were early in the season. And they stuck with it and is 99.9% to do with Bill Peters, so congrats to him. Whether or not he does win the Jack Adams remains to be seen. Uh, anything else? Anything else on your mind for the yeah, for this no. week? I think we're good. No, I'm not. I do want to address the crowd um, real quick on behalf of Zach, on behalf of Yake, and a couple other guys that we brought on um, to work with the NHL part of uh, Belly Up. We really, from the bottom of our heart, appreciate support. Appreciate you guys being patient with us. And uh, like I said, life just kind of got in the way of a lot of things. And we've been, you know, we've been breaking our backs to try to get this back up and running. And whether it's, you know, one, two or three of us each and every week, we're committed for the rest of the season until a Stanley Cup champion is crowned. crowned, We will be with you guys every single week. And we're going to work on some stuff in the offseason, some really fun stuff. Um, and obviously our end goal is to do a podcast from the same room one day, maybe at the beginning of next season. That's something we work on. Um, but for Zach, for Yake, 
for everyone at Belly Up who has done a ton of work in keeping us motivated and with this podcast, especially you guys, fans, listeners, whatever you call yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you uh, for waiting for us. And we're so excited to be back. And that's all the emotion you'll get out of me for the rest of the evening. Zach, thank you for joining me tonight. Anything on your mind before we skip out of here? <laughs> no, sir. I think we covered it all. I just want everyone to keep their eyes on that. Yeah. Hashtag, hashtag I was red. super wrong about uh, the Canucks last time we talked, but we'll just forget about that. Um, no, no. Oh, dude. I, oh, I, almost, I almost put that on our phone. Fo- I almost we'll put it on there. I almost called week. you up. We have it. a lot to uh, look back on. <laughs> Um, this time next week. For those who don't know, um, I'm on Twitter now at Gearholtz underscore K. Zach is still at Belly Up Zach Mac. Uh, thank you guys again. Find all our stuff. Go read the newest uh, Vegas article I put out, and we will talk to you next week. This episode of Puck Puck Pass was brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Follow your host on Twitter, Belly Up Yake. Belly up underscore KJ and belly up Zach Mack.